He's he. Had, I seem to remember he's got quite a sort of uh, ambitious haircut as well. Maybe there's something. It's going gone on. through various phases. Sometimes yeah. it's quite long and shaggy, and exactly. Sometimes so, it's a borderline like mullet. So you're saying Which there's like kind, of, re- kind of like your hair before you had that sharp yeah, haircut. Yeah, I did the same thing. So it's That's a red. True. It's a red flag. Just come up with a mullet. <laughs> I, think I think today marks end of mullet day. Your CEO material. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another telecoms.com podcast. Just to remind you that if you're listening to this on SoundCloud or on iTunes, you can also watch it on the site or on Facebook. And if you're watching it, you can listen to it on SoundCloud or iTunes. I'm joined, as I so often am, by Jamie and Ian from Light Reading. Um, now, well, there's plenty of stuff going on that's been going on today. Yes, I know, Pierre, this isn't going out till Monday, but I'm going to say today anyway. He gets on our case about that, everyone. No, I'm Jamie's fiddling with the mic. Jamie's digging about with the mic. That's <laughs> all right. Uh, so today, being Friday, um, Gavin Patterson sort of threw in the towel. The, the CEO of BT and arguably the most handsome man in telecoms. I'd argue whether he threw in the towel. Right, yeah, okay. I don't, think I, I, I don't think it was so much his well, choice. Well, tell me, you wrote it up. What, what did he do? Was there a towel involved at all? No. Uh, like, well, someone, someone flicking him with a towel. Yeah. <laughs> so a bit of bit of gym towel flicking going on. <laughs> I mean, I think it's. I I'm personally. I, I mean, I was saying this uh, earlier on. I I think I'm a little bit surprised that he wasn't given sort of an extra couple of weeks because I think the the next the next quarter to the course of the announcement of BTs what can it be in about a month something like that right month month and a half. So I would have I would have assumed that he would have been given another month. Right. Maybe then, that's going to suck. Maybe they all know that's yeah, going to suck. But then that gives them so much ammunition to get rid of him. And I just think it shows right. like this. What's his name? Jan Duplessis, the new, um, the new, chairman. the new chairman. Yeah. He's, you know, he's he's supposedly he's, he's a hard flicking, hitter. I think. Yeah, he's yeah, supposed to be. Yeah. A, he's supposedly a no nonsense. Yeah. Literally, I turn around businesses that are yeah. in a bad shape, yeah. and I'm 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 very decisive. And I think I think he what what it's been about. He's been in charge. He's Six not been months there that long. Yeah, it's quite some decisive yeah. stuff, right? And I think it? he, I think he's just gone. No, yeah. this, this is a five-year failed experiment. Now, mm. sorry, you're out. Go take your haircut somewhere else. Yeah. But I think, I don't know. I mean, this is something we've seen when um, on the way up here. Um, I don't think. I think certain things can be blamed. Patson can be blamed for certain things, but no one could have avoided some of the. The, the catastrophes that he's gone through in the last two Such years, as? the accounting scandal. I think that would have happened under anyone. The beat it. The isn't there something? I mean, I don't know. I've clearly never been a CEO, but you know, you sort of think, does the buck stop there? He should have had some. Oh, I mean, yeah. he's, he isn't personally keeping an eye on the Italian accountants. I think you you, you, you trust your staff, don't you? But if they right. cock up, then you have to take the you have to take you the, the, the full. That's where you get paid the big bucks, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And even though, like like Jamie says, I agree. That's the sort of thing I could think could happen on anybody's watch. Cause Fair enough. What sort of processes could you possibly introduce to present prevent yeah. something like that? Unless you know every person in. They could. Team, they could have been. Know, there could have been more oversights committees. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, but, but I doubt any other CEO would right. have put those oversight okay, committees. Enough, unless a really that. So that alone one. is like you know shit. Or, happens. E- or even pensions. The pensions deficit has been going on for years. Yeah. Even pr- I mean, pri- but they're in good company on that one as well. Yeah. But they even are. prior prior to him being CEO, 
So mm. you can't really blame that too much on him. No. And let's be honest, this recurring talk about open reach has been going on for years. And again, that's well, I, certainly I, not due to him. I th- yeah, although Jamie and I were saying earlier, I think I don't know if he's managed that relationship with Ofcom particularly well. Right. I mean, I think any incumbent, there's a lot of sort of foot dragging and. Yeah. Um, all right. It happens in in other, other countries as well. You see it to some extent in Germany, and I think other markets where incumbents, for obvious reasons, don't want to do things that regulators want them to do because they've got sort of yeah. shareholder resistance to it. But I don't know. He, he could have he done something. More, he could have been a bit more proactive. I think and he could have he could have done more to make that relationship a bit more hospitable. Yeah. He could have. Do you think? Do you think he should have like um, made bigger concessions quicker? Or kicked up more of a fight? I mean, they seem to be the two ends of the spectrum. I just think there's still quite a lot of... I mean, we always talk about this sort of fibre investment issue, and there's still quite a lot of timidity, isn't there, about... I think they just um, didn't do enough. Like, you you say, like they're, they're, BT, as an incumbent, are always going to be on the back foot. They're always going to be in the firing line because they're the biggest. They're an ex-monopoly. They own a nas- what was a nationally funded... Um, assets, which is yep. now transferred into their possession. Yeah, um, they're always going to be there under greatest. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they're always going to be a scapegoat for whatever's going wrong. Yeah, I just think over the last couple of years, they just didn't do enough to fight back the barrage. Of like for instance, fibre, they haven't rolled out enough. I mean, um, you know, the, the the connectivity side of things, they just didn't do enough. But I, I wonder if, 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 you know, doing something really radical, which obviously, you know, you'd have to sort of get shareholders on board, but how to treat OpenReach has been the big topic of discussion in, in the UK for years. And, you know, it was it was sort of functionally separated. So there's, you know, it's run at arm's length from BT, but that wasn't enough. And now the regulators legally separated it, but it's still a part of BT Group. There's a lot of pressure for them to actually have it spun off as a, you know, an entirely separate business where you get other kind of infrastructure players coming in and investing in it. Yep. I just wonder if BT, if, if Patterson could have done something really bold and said, well, actually, we think that's a sensible idea. That will allow us to focus yep. the rest of BT on content, other things he's obviously interested in. But yeah. I think, and just, but, I mean, fundamentally, as a business model, I think that's completely... That's that's a car crash when you're looking at the convergence business model, like in terms to, of the spending. Yeah, on to, no, rights, but I mean to mean? own your own assets is the perfect scenario for the convergence business model. So I think yes, I mean he could have, he could have that would have made a better relationship with Ofcom, but that is completely contradictory to what every other telco is trying to do in terms of owning mobile infrastructure content and a fixed infrastructure. Yeah. So I mean it's just so yes, it would have been perfect scenario and it would have made a better relationship with. The, with the regulator and it probably would have made it easier for him in the long run and he probably still would have his job if that if that had been right well, I mean you know you'd be in, you're plucking things out of the air there but you know it's completely contradictory to the the general yeah. accepted convergence but even those model. I mean no one's ever going to build a national network that expands the whole of the UK that sort of duplicates what BT's no. done you know yeah. so you've always got this question of whether you know, you look at markets like Australia where they've been really radical and sort of completely spun it off and all those networks that used to be owned by Telstra are yeah. now part well, of the NBN's been a bit of a... Um, and there's always a big a big question of whether that's an approach yeah. that should be taken in other countries. So, well, maybe yeah, you can, build, you can build your fibre networks in urban areas and have... They've got the mobile infrastructure anyway with EE, but... Maybe you could have... Maybe, I mean, one idea, I mean, it's not perfect, but you could have spun off 
some of the network in some regions. Yeah. So, you know, kept kept London and then spun off the north and said, look, you know, we don't have a national monopoly anymore. We okay, we're controlling the fixed infrastructure in the south, mm. but the north we're going to sell that off, and you know, and then and then it and then it diversifies who owns actual infrastructure in the in the in the UK. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think other things they probably could have done, which is sort of broadly in the category of managing the the um, open reach situation better is they've obviously created circumstances that have given people like Sky or whoever lots of reasons to moan, Yeah. such as a claim discrepancy in terms of sort of customer service to BT versus third-party partners. So, yeah, maybe there's just been a corporate culture in BT that's been too parochial, too focused on their own little bits, whereas what they should have been doing is like, look, we're the, we're the national infrastructure guys, let's just... Without Ofcom having to tell us, let's do the do open reach the proper way. It's very, I mean, it's it's short. I mean, it's short termist, isn't it? To to screw everyone else because mm. if you are the national infrastructure owner, eventually the regulator is going to get a bit pissed when you're screwing everyone else. And that and that comes back to the sort of corporate culture thing, which is a little bit related to the Italian accounting. You know, within large corporates, I know it's really hard to change them, but you look at a corporate culture of somewhere like. I don't know, let's say Amazon, which is supposed to be all sort of customer-centric. And then you look at a typical corporate culture, which is normally the reason customer-centric exists as a concept is because it's very inward-looking. It's people looking at their own little silos, feathering their own nests, building their own little empires, um, improving their own little cell in the great big corporate spreadsheet. Um, And, you know, maybe Patson didn't lack the sort of will or vision or whatever to uh, make people like the Italian accountants or the senior managers at OpenReach think bigger picture rather than hitting their own little short-term targets or incentives or whatever. Yeah. And, then, and then one other thing, I'll just say that the most recent thing, which was possibly the straw that Carol's back, was the stuff we, we've spoken about on this pod before, which is all those redundancies. Mm. Yeah, that, that's not... I, 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 I personally, I think that's just a culmination of... That, that's, uh, that's the effect... Or the 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 res- I can't uh, that's that's the effect that's the outcome not yeah, necessarily the contributor I, yeah. I think that's just I think you're right that was just one bit of bad news that investors yeah. went right this is it this is it over and done with now yeah well, I'm not sure redundancies themselves are bad news it depends no no certainly sometimes shares I mean go sh- up. redundancies are bad news for people yeah uh, and and they're wor- a worry them. for politicians but they're not necessarily we'll bad be news for, soon anyway, so for investors are they yeah. I, no, no, I agree. If you, if you have only, you know, half a team and you're still generating the same sales and profits, of course, then, then everyone's happy. Everybody's I just, happy. Don't, I just don't think people. it was handled very well. No, it yeah. doesn't look good when no, when it sort of came out of the blue, didn't it? And it also doesn't look good when his pay went up so dramatically exactly, in the last financial yeah, year. That I mean, was, that's the staggering that. thing to me that he and BT's board and their remuneration committee approved this uh, yeah. quite hefty sort of. I mean, he 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 didn't have a he didn't take a bonus in the preceding year right. which is when the Italian scandal broke but obviously seemed to feel that he deserved one and, well, maybe it was and built BT's into board him. felt he deserved one this year which maybe is staggering built him to him not getting a bonus they went don't worry about it we'll sort we'll get you one out, next year but yeah. to, to, it's a 70 effective sort of 72% increase in pay that he got I mean looking at the bad side of it I mean you can't ignore I mean you're talking about waste well, not necessarily wasting money there but you know because you're paying someone so but you know the sport thing I mean that is mm. that is the bad bits of yeah. Gavin Patterson. See, and Amazon got in. Yeah, yeah. but I'm not. I, I mean, it's I'm not. A few They're in now. Twenty, twenty. Uh, yeah, yeah, over two days. So they got over two days. 
Oh. So it's one round of fixtures uh, in like the first or the second weekend of December, and then all the Boxing Day fixtures. Right. So yeah, so, oh, so they've just got, got two little around. spasms of footy. Yeah, basically. But is, like but is it a, is it a sort Prime? of early step yeah. into That's doing really something, good. you know, Test. bigger ambitions in the future, right? testing the water sort They're of thing? They're testing yeah. it out because I think they got it for super cheap. I don't think the Premier League could, uh, I don't know, well, super cheap. This is what I've heard from hearsay from various different people um, that the, pre- the Premier League was struggling to sell it. So, right. and it, it is, right. it was the last package to go. Well, there was speculation. I remember to, uh, it, was, uh, it was announced on the same day. Oh. Uh, BT collected one package, and right. Amazon collected the other. There was, one. There was speculation mm-hmm. earlier in the year, wasn't it, that Amazon might come sort of wading in, yeah. and do do something really dramatic. I remember writing about well, it. They're spending really tons of money on content, aren't they? Um, in general, but, so I suppose there's always that concern. Oh, uh, we just need Netflix to buy some footy. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, but I think we can all agree that there hasn't been much in the way of demonstrable ROI on all those millions they've nah. shelled out on the footy. He, um, I mean, we said this before, but I mean, you know, it, it was just, it was just a bad idea. You can't maintain subscriptions, especially at the court, at the price that they're charging, even if it is included and discounted with, I don't know, a mobile offering with EE or a, or a broadband offering with BT. You can't maintain those subscription levels when you're only offering content on a Saturday afternoon. I mean, first yeah. of all. Even even a football enthusiast wants to watch TV for the rest of the week, and then right. secondly, um, you're buying a subscription for your household. So you know most of these people have you know well not most but a, a, a substantial proportion of these people will have wife, kids, yeah. husbands, you know that all that sort of thing. So you've got to buy um, content. You've got to buy a subscription which has content which satisfies the whole family. Yeah. And BT just didn't fill out. This, I mean, this yeah, is, I agree. I don't think they executed it was all the sport, whole thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If uh, they're going to make I mean, that kind of investment, they should have executed better. Do you think it would have I been more it. successful if English teams would have been more successful? In no, the no, not, not the slightest. No, nah. I, I think the the, nah. the whole problem was the fact that so I BT for a while and I never used it. We watched Netflix all the way through the week and maybe sports on the weekend, just mainly because the rest of the content was like Dave and stuff. But like But if that's that. enough for you to get it in the first place. Um, yeah, but I mean, you, you're still I, paying, I was, aren't you, whether you watch it or not? I yeah, guess. but I was a BT customer for 12 months. You can opt months. out. You can opt out. It's I mean, like I was a BT not customer, anymore. and then I, the I stopped being, but good. I don't watch a lot of football, to so be honest. So this is the so. problem. They managed to get people on, but retaining. So this is why it looked good a couple of years ago, because yeah. they were flooding their numbers. Well, they've lost customers, haven't they, yeah. the last two quarters? But they can't, so. they can't retain them, Yeah. Um, which is why Sky has done such a fantastic job, is that you know, you look at, the, okay, they have sports and that's the poster child, but then you look at all their relationship with HBO, yeah. their, 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 the Sky the Sky Entertainment package, which they do, which I know is cheap and risk-free because it's a lot of panel shows and all that, but it is entertaining. Yeah. They got, they got Now TV, all this sort of piecemeal stuff. Uh, but they got, but they also got all the music stuff and they've also got all the, the other sports and all the yeah. movies. There's something for everyone. Did BT worry that if it didn't go and you know, spend heavily on on sports rights. That its broadband business was vulnerable. I this guy. They'll be in defensive I aspect to it. I'm sure they'll certainly because we, we, we won't know what what the toll would have been on on broadband if they'd not done that. I mean, the Sky service is basically a resold service, isn't it? So you get the same speed levels hmm. as you do on BT. Um, and if they can offer you lots yeah. of generous footy and yeah, I, I movies just, at the same time, I think I think there probably was a defensive part to it. I'm sure they gave great PowerPoint on the matter. And, yeah. uh, and about how they'd be convergent and how they'd be a one-stop shop but, for everyone's communication needs and all that sort of thing. But um, 
But there's no sign of them backing away from it, is there, at the moment? This is the thing. Well, I mean, everybody's now everybody's back. slamming their football strategy. So they've scaled back. So they've, I think this year they've only got 56 games or something like that. And I think right. that I think in years gone by, it was more of a... I can actually get it up now. I know um, I know that the, the actual money spent was down a bit anyway, wasn't it, this year on the so rides? I yeah, think in, in years gone, there was... What are they going to do? I think in years gone, there was more of an even split between... I, think, I don't Sky think it was yeah. 100% even, but it was more... You know, Sky had a few more games, but it was a bit more balanced. Um, and I think I'll get the exact numbers out now. But um, BT has less games, considerably. I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but uh, well, so, Premier League, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. So they've got it's two two per weekends, roughly. So 128 matches right. uh, are going to be on Sky Sports. 52 matches are going to be on BT Sport and 20 matches are going to be on Amazon Prime. But that's way more than, yeah, 52 is a lot more than like this season. This season was like not even 30. Oh, was it? Oh, maybe it's gone up then. I I get the app and honestly it's one one game on a Saturday, one game on a Sunday, that's it. But it'd be interesting to see whether the new CEO moves completely away from that. Well, that's... Maybe one one per weekend actually. No, no, that in itself, one per weekend. Yeah, that would would still make 67. Actually, no, no, it's less than that. It's one per... One per weekend, like the 4 p.m. Right. or 5 anyway. p.m. Um, yeah. We've got plenty of other stuff, so I don't want to get too bogged down in that. Mm. Oh, one thing, uh, who's next then? Who do we reckon they should bring in? So so well, there's a succession so planning, isn't it? It's all orderly, it hasn't just flounced out the door. I know Bloomberg's gonna... speculating that Alison Kirkby, who's at Tele2, I think, okay. is um, a p- potential successor. I don't know why they think that. They, they have their sources. Maybe Alara. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Push, well, push Alara up the ladder. You mean, yeah. Well, they've they've promoted EE people into lots of senior positions, haven't they? So well, would, I mean, that would complete would keep, the EE takeover. He's yeah. in charge of their what their combined Com- consumer, consumer group yeah. now, yeah. isn't he? So they could just push. They got them up two the sort of super silos: consumer and business. Well, he, Patterson came out of consumer, didn't he? He's yeah. a marketing guy, isn't he? He was in the consumer business, wasn't he? Before yeah. consumer marketing. Yeah. Um, yeah, Alera's one. So there's your one, Kirkby. Um, I don't think I can't see no other sort of UK. Sort of ISPs or telcos spring immediately to mind. Um, they're not going to go and poach someone from somewhere like Vodafone, are they? Well, they might, I suppose. What's his name's well. doing a good job. Jeffrey seems to be doing a good job over there. Vodafone UK. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And what's it? What's his name's leaving in six months? So you never know. Kalau. Uh No, right at the top. Uh, yeah. Group Vodaf- CEO. Yeah, Victoria. Kal- Kal- oh, Victoria. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I don't think he's going to get to BT though. Well, no, he's presumably leaving. I think he's just leaving because I think when I wrote it up, he's leaving to spend more time with his money. Exactly. Um, so that's and by the way, while we're talking about the CEO merry-go-round, there's a breaking bit of news today. At least, a breaking break, bit of news today. Yeah, which won't be breaking on Monday, Pierre. I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, which is that the guy in charge of Verizon is calling it a day or throwing in the towel or whatever other metaphor I'll then get called up on. I'm not sure his first name is. He's throwing in Lowell. the towel. No, that is his first name, isn't it? Lowell, Lowell McAdam. Lowell, Lowell. McDowell, is it? Lowell. We need to check this. I can't remember I've got their. Is. I've got their press release. So we should really phone. know the name of Verizon CEO. Yeah, we turns out we're shit at our jobs. Um, all right, Lowell, yeah. L-O-W-E-L-L, Lowell. I'm going to go Lowell, okay? Lowell McAdam. Yeah, so, so he's heading off. He's been there forever, hasn't he? Says since 2011. Yeah, I'll do. Um, and guess who he's getting? Re- <laughs> guess who he's getting replaced by? Our old mate who used to run Ericsson, Hans Vestberg. Bloody so, hell! So, uh, so Hans, about a year or two ago, 
after after he was booted out of Ericsson, went to head up the network side of Verizon. And we were all going, okay, this shows that Verizon's pretty serious about the sort of underlying uh, tech. About buying equipment from Ericsson. <laughs> about buying equipment from Ericsson. Yeah, and, and buying executives from Ericsson, because at least one or two other um, Ericsson execs have joined Verizon since yeah. then. And Ericsson's upped its business with Verizon considerably. Right, apparently. okay. Okay, so it's all, it's all going well all round. So that was a double win for Ericsson. They got rid of a CEO who wasn't delivering and developed an, an excellent sort of commercial channel. Um, and that helps that Huawei's not in that market, obviously. Yes, that does help considerably. Um, that guy, they keep getting done there, the Australian thing. There's some other bit of aggro going on. It's oh, really? really? Yeah, yeah, they're just little bits and bobs. Anyway, that's yeah. a tangent. So, um, Hans Vestberg. Um, so, what, uh, Ian, what do you think about Vestberg taking over at Verizon? Uh, I mean, I only just learned about it, so right. not really had time to think First much impressions. about it. I mean, he's, he's, I suppose he's been there in a very senior position, hasn't he? He's head, what he's is he? head of networks, and he's been a, he's been a CEO. Been there, yeah. um, I mean, I don't really have a good sense of what his track record's been at Verizon uh, while he's been well, head of networks. They've still got a network? They've still I'll got a network. They seem to be. I mean, they're still one well, of the... They haven't, they haven't lost it yet. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he's, a, he's at haven't, least haven't misplaced he's it. He's at least delivered a bit he's, of continuity. He's, he's lost it down the back of the sofa. Yeah. <laughs> I could have sworn uh, I left it here. The, the, the odd thing is that was him sort of going to Verizon so soon after, mm -hmm. relatively soon after leaving yeah. Ericsson, and where his tenure was, I mean, the last few months looks pretty bad for him, yeah? Exactly. Um, is there not some sort of rule that you, about doing that? Well, there is. I mean, they're like football managers, aren't they? They mm. sort of pop up at another club. After, Once you're at the CEO, the yeah, international I mean, CEO table. But, I mean, once you go from... I mean, because he went from Ericsson to Bison. He went from sell-side to Bison very quickly, oh. is there? Yeah. I mean, I know there's... Oh, I see what you mean. There are, a conflict I think of interest. That, yeah. I think there are some rules about going from regulator straight into private business. I think right. you, there's got to be some sort of, like, cool-down. Because I think that was one of the things that came out of... I learned this a couple of weeks ago. came out of the big short... Um, okay. That there was no rules between going from a financial regulator yeah. into a private financial organisation, and that was one of the big, the big why. You know, okay. that's got to be suspect. Our own, yeah. our own head honcho, of course, made that transition at some stage. Yeah, well, yeah. Suggesting for yeah, one yeah. second any impropriety. Um, but I mean, didn't he go the other direction? No, he's he, off, went, he went Ofcom to Alcatel, or maybe there's something in between. I can't yeah, remember. Possibly. Anyway, you're great. We all like you very much. I mean, he's he's um, he's obviously knows the networks yeah. business pay rise. a lot. Cough, pay rise, <laughs> pay rise. <laughs> Bonus. He, he obviously knows the networks business really well, um, and that's interesting given the the big focus, yeah. I guess, for for companies like Verizon and AT and T at the moment is on, especially in the US, as Jamie was saying the other week, mm. making they're all making such a big noise at the moment about five G, and yeah. therefore having somebody in charge who. Knows that, so that's quite a sort of aggressive statement of intent in well. terms of AT and T. You're not going to fight oh, you or your so. own way. I mean, it's interesting. Like, I mean, I think you were saying before we started that it's, they've not sort of got somebody in who's, you know, from the content side of things. Or yes, um, and certainly you could see that happening these days in the US yeah, with AT and T going for Time stuff. Warner, and they've they've had their own content moves. Yeah, I hope they fired the person who came up oath? with that's that's Yahoo yeah. and AOL combined. Right? Sounds too much like oof. It does. Yeah. Um, so but, I could have uh, had someone from that side of things, I guess, taking over. Yeah, I mean, my, my first take on it is, you know, maybe we should have seen it coming because he's been empire building with former sort of colleagues from Ericsson. Um, but I don't think, you know, you've been quite um, discreet about it. But let's face it, he left Ericsson because 
Ericsson was sucking with him in charge. Yeah. Um, and he's, he was, there are he some was the signs that of Ericsson. Yes, Ooh. exactly. And he's he. Had, I seem to remember he's got quite a sort of uh, ambitious haircut as well. Maybe there's something. It's going gone on. through various phases. Sometimes yeah. it's quite long and shaggy, and exactly. Sometimes it's a, a borderline like mullet. So you're saying Which, there's like kind, a of, kind of like your hair before you had that sharp yeah, haircut. Yeah, I did the same thing. So it's That's a red. True. It's a red flag. Just come up with a mullet. I think, I think today marks end of mullet day. You're a CEO material. Um, so yeah, so you kind of suck, but that doesn't mean you know. As we were just saying, we were giving Patterson a few passes because there's lots of stuff. So let's give um, Vestberg a few passes as well. However, you know he wants to not suck this time. Like football yeah. managers, you have it. You have football managers to do the merry-go-round, but if they if they send more than a couple of teams, if they relegate more than a couple of teams, it's so kind of game yeah, over. Yeah, but you yeah. get these guys who go like they might. Um, you know, cock it up at Man United and then end up at a, a, a sort of, you know, just above the relegation. Yeah, yeah. So but he's gone from he's gone from Manchester United to Chelsea, hasn't he? In, in, in going to Verizon. I mean, it's another yes. massive. Well, I think in terms of market cap, they're a lot bigger. He's gone from sort of right. Okay, he's so. gone from West Ham to Man U <laughs> to Man City. So. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> The market cap is certainly a lot, a lot bigger after he got finished with it. <laughs> <laughs> there is that. Um, so yes, interesting times. And obviously, wish we wish them all the best. And uh, there could be worse things to be than to be an ex CEO with tons of money. Yeah. So there we go. Okay, um, you two. Uh, you've been sort of gallivanting around, sort of hanging out with various operators this week. Jamie, why don't you give us a quick sort of itinerary of what you and Ian have been up to this week? Well, we went to see... I'm glad you asked him because I can't even remember. Uh, we went to I'll see Vodafone on Tuesday. And what well, was that we had about? lunch with the... I can't remember her name, um, but the Helen general counsellor. General counsel, Hel Helen, Helen Lamprell. Lamprell I think. Uh, the CTO, Scott Petty. Um, the head of, head of Enterprise... Head of yeah, head of enterprise. I don't. I can't remember her name. I can't remember her name. And then Kai Prig, Kai Prig yeah. the head of networks. Yeah. Okay. That's um, a fairly big lineup, isn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah, no, it was, it was actually, a good lineup. Um, it was a good lunch, actually. I mean, in food was the good. Food and what did you have for lunch? Uh, well, actually, I say that I, I had a load of nibbles, which were delicious, and then I had some asparagus starter. And then, and then, I, then you were I had full. to leave. Oh, you had to leave. Yeah. But you didn't have to go and do some work, did you? I had to pick the kids up. Oh right, okay. Yeah. I stayed for I stayed for the what for the course. Thing? Uh, some chicken thing, chicken surprise. Very nice. It was. Yeah, <laughs> it I was actually very nice. Oh, like, it's important yeah. that you remember because I think I want you to compare it with any other lunches that operators have bought for you this week. We had another lunch this we got, week, didn't yeah. we? Well, we got to declare. Well, okay, was, we might as well say it now. So who else? Who else? We went to we went to Orange. We went to hang out with. Ramon. Ramon Fernandez, the CFO of Orange. Yeah, but that was all off the record. We so can't, yeah. we can't, can't say, say what he said, but we can say what we ate. I think that the food's not off the record. <laughs> the food's not embargoed. What was it? It was um, uh, ox knuckle? Yeah, it was delicious. Ox knuckle? Yeah, it was yeah that was nice. It's really, really it's like, tasty. It's like steak. You know, was it? Bone. Just yeah. really, really tender. Really tender. Really slow cooked. Just um, fell apart. Okay, lovely. And um, I got pictures, don't worry. Oh, okay. Um can no, we it was really good. With the camera? <laughs> can we get a close-up? Oh, right. You're not engaged of his phone. Yeah, yeah. For someone from France. He wants right. to show on his so phone a picture so of his was, This lunch. was our dessert. Very nice. Okay. <laughs> that was our main. In glorious Technicolor. <laughs> yeah. Very nice. That was that was. I can't lush. remember what the starter was. And that now. was the starter. It was um, 
some tuna on avocado, and I don't particularly like avocado. All washed down with some very nice wine and a glass of champagne Excellent. when we arrived. Beautiful. Yeah. And this was all at um, where the French Open Yeah, is. this was at Roland Garros. Roland Garros, Garros. that's it, yeah. Which was good uh, fun, actually. Mm-hmm. I mean... We did. It. We had a bit of a tech tour, so we can talk about the tech tour. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. Um, you, you, you picked up more on that yeah. than I did, probably, didn't you? Yeah, there you, was... you, you were also engaged. You were an active participant in the tech <laughs> tour, weren't you? Well, there was. The, um, yeah. So there was three different things they were showcasing. The first was um, a sort of like a Mac use case, where they were mobile edge computing. Yes, yep. where they were um, essentially. Using using sort of like processing power on the edge of the clouds to monitor uh, the flow of individuals uh, around, so you can so you know how where everyone is okay. at any any particular point um, in in the entire grounds. So right. it's good for crowd control, good for letting people into stadiums and all that sort of thing. Good for spooky Orwellian. Well, no, because they were saying it's only like three or four pixels, and at three or four pixels, you can't identify. Uh, an individual, um, but you can say this is a person. So I don't right. know who it is, but I know I know it's a person. Right. And then at the same time, they said it's all processed on the edge, so it's processed, then deleted, and the insight is sent back. But the actual data itself is um, is deleted. So privacy concerns are actually uh, answered there. Okay. The second one was um, which is increasingly important. Yes, yeah. The constant aggro that Facebook and Google and people are getting. The the second one was um, sort of like a immersive content thing, which I didn't really pay attention to. I wasn't really that interested in it. <laughs> Were um, you interested in? I think your it. mind was on other things. I was watching Jamie because he was playing tennis. No, oh, so that was the third one. That was the third one. We did a VR um, hollow right. tennis yeah. where you had me in one. Yeah. Uh, in one section, and about five or six hundred meters away, you had uh, our mate from CCS. Oh, you were literally a long way apart. That yeah, was part yeah, we of the were demo. A couple of yeah. hundred meters. Away. So this was part of this was a sort of latency demo, yeah, wasn't yeah. it? Okay. And it was, um, and then you had uh, our mate, yeah, Paolo Pescatori from uh, CCS Insights, and the other one, and we just played a game of tennis. Um, I kicked his ass, <laughs> and then. Um, but it was great. He, he it couldn't was hit great. the ball a lot of the time. <laughs> he just actually couldn't hit the ball. Well, Whereas it, Jamie it, could. <laughs> it was just a latency thing he, he, he blamed, I think. Right. Oh, there yeah. was no latency on it. <laughs> it it's Come just, on, Paolo. His hand-eye coordination was just terrible. <laughs> I mean, it comes. It, I mean, the, the ball comes at you a lot quicker than you anticipate. But, yeah. I mean, as far as I could tell. Got to adjust to it, haven't you? Yeah. But the latency side of things, it was, you know, every time when he was speaking, I could see his mouth moving pretty much exactly the same time. So, yeah, so yeah, yeah, it was. He had good technique, hitting it with topspin and everything. He just wasn't making contact with the ball. I see. <laughs> Other than it's that, following it was through. great. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. He got some pictures of. Uh, and you didn't kick his ass. It's 5 7, wasn't it? I was winning at 6 1 at some points. Well, yeah, at some point. He, he he took and then I got a bit cocky. <laughs> started lobbing it up in the air, started missing the ball. <laughs> Excellent. Well, as long as you still won, otherwise that would have just been humiliating. <laughs> but it, but it was good. I mean, it, it was. I mean, I'd never really been convinced by VR, but then you actually do this, and you're like, do you know what? Actually, That's pretty the cool. technology's starting to get better. Because I was speaking to the guys on the stand afterwards, and they said they got the latest uh, Vive headset, uh, and they said it is. It makes ten times difference. Um, they said, and you know, you can actually see how VR is going to become a thing. Yeah. yeah, with when you actually try. So out. I mean, I suppose sort of living the dream. You know, you and I are both working from home. We're we've sent the newsletter. We're in our lunch hour, and I sort of text you and go, "Jamie, fancy a game of tennis?" And we both suit up, and we can play tennis against each other, yeah. even though you're in North London, I'm in Hitchin. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, the the other things that they were talking about is that um, I, I can't remember who said this, but the idea is you could have uh, maybe for Roland Garros in particular, you could pack seventy or eighty people into the state, or you know, a couple of thousand people into the into Wimbledon and watch exactly the same thing, but have the 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 sort of the crowd atmosphere because everyone is reacting or and then they were talking about that for the AR as well weren't mm-hmm. they yeah you know you have these AR glasses on and you know you, you're watching the game on the Wimbledon court as you're going back and they're the the suit the two players are superimposed there so there's a lot of I mean it's I can see it yeah you know yeah. it's starting to become a real I've 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 poo pooed it for God knows how many God knows how long, but you know I'm starting to see. Now, now that you've done a bit, you've got a taste. We we also learnt a new phrase, didn't we? Um, oh yeah, that's probably not off the record. Either. That's not off the record. We can call oh. that one a bit. Uh, we were talking um, a choo choo, choo choo, like the little sort of boy that the favourite the favourite child in the family. Shoo shoo, that's the shoo-shoo. one. Yeah, shoo yeah. shoo. We can't really say the context in which you use it. Yeah, no, right. Ramon was talking about his favourite. <laughs> yeah. I see. So, <laughs> and that's a, and that in French is, is a shoo shoo. Yeah, the actual uh, conversation, if we could write it up, is really funny. Right, but yeah, yeah. it's really <laughs> really funny. We can't. Well, let's stop. So. Let's stop tantalising our audience with mm. stuff that we can't tell them about. So, Pierre, the mere fact that French culture has a word for that—I mean, that's a bit worrying, isn't it? You're not supposed to have favourites in the family, are you? No, this is the favorite for anything. Like, oh, I see. Yeah, it's not just yeah. like a favorite son I mean, or daughter I mean, or whatever. It's mostly for the family, but it could be for anything. Like, if you're a teacher, okay. you could have a shushu in the class. Right, right. Teacher's yeah. pet. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, was yeah, he was yeah. talking about favorite child. I think it was his <laughs> yeah, example. Yeah, well, that's how we that's how we explained it to us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You have that favorite child, yeah. the, so one uh, that, the one that the one that looks better, good, good gets school good grades. Right. Yeah, maybe the other ones are a bit ugly. It was it was very funny, very very funny. Blunt. Yeah, you know, hence off on the record. Honesty there. And the, the, the worst thing was, you could see, you could see Paolo stopping for a second and pondering it. And I was like, <laughs> right, you've got three kids, haven't you, Paolo? So I wonder what's yeah. going on in your head there. <laughs> um, I've got two, and I don't have a shoe shoe. I'll have yeah, you know, I don't have one. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, so dinners, lunches, which is which wins, Orange or Vodafone? For me, Orange because I didn't make the Vodafone main yeah, course. Well, the, it the was, food it was. was Absolutely incredible. Right. Does orange, orange wins. Yeah, I okay. mean, don't get me wrong. The food was good in at Vodafone, but the French one was yeah. just really good. I mean, what can French you? operator versus a UK operator? It's exactly. Kind of, I wasn't yeah, going to say anything, expected, isn't yeah. it? Really. <laughs> um, fair enough. And uh, before we move on from this topic, we we sort of scooted past the Vodafone thing pretty quickly. Mm. Did uh, did they say anything noteworthy? Yeah, they were quite interesting. I thought yeah, they were. T- yeah. I mean, the the theme was five G and sort of regulatory challenges around that. Um, and it's not. There wasn't really a, a huge amount said that was new. I don't think. But right. they were pretty sort of uh, aggressive in terms of their criticisms of, of the regulator and and what's happened to sort of move things along and I mean this kind of comes back to the stuff about BT that we were talking right. about right and there's also a segue into what I'm going to bang on about to um, finish off a lot of unhappiness about <clears throat> still not being able to get access to the services they want for um, for, for backhaul in particular you know yeah. so this is quite a big issue when right. 5G networks are rolled out getting getting that sort of dark fiber so is this, is this open reach's fault again yeah, well, this this is a long-running issue because I think Ofcom tried to make BT um, offer dark fibre services, and then it, and then there was a, a regulatory challenge by BT, 
um, and a court ruled that Ofcom had basically got its market definition wrong and sent it back to that's the drawing it. board. Yeah, and in the right. meantime, BT's come up with this virtual dark fiber that nobody seems to be very happy with. Right. And Ofcom's now decided, that after consultation with stakeholders, that that's no good. So everything's kind of almost at reset. Oh, I didn't know they decided that virtual... Yeah. That so that's a no-go basically oh, I mean it wasn't yeah. just the, the sort of the open reach thing that she was moaning about it wasn't though, just was that it? no I mean it was just like the one thing she said at the beginning planning was, stuff as well well um, she just said the, yeah. the regulatory environment yeah. in the UK is yeah. the worst she's worked in yeah um, and it was just simple things like I didn't realise this but this is mast height is one issue mast height that's it? what yeah. Kai said it yeah. was Really, really. They like, can't build high masts, and apparently, like uh, it's it's a real issue because you get sort of leaves and trees growing over there, yeah. and then it causes interference. Uh, yeah, so signal is so always better in winter because you don't have the foliage yeah. on right, the trees. Right, right. And, and why why aren't they allowed? Is this just some it's just arbitrary planning thing? Planning issues. UK it's regulations. Nimby, it's NIMBYism, actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. people don't want to see them. Yeah. The highest the highest height you can get in the UK is actually half that of uh, of Germany. Yeah. Um, but they do, but like Kai pointed out, I think he said. For every ten meters you go up, you essentially double coverage. Yeah, right. Um, so it's, uh, but it's like a, it's a big difference. But yeah. the other thing, you've got to draw a little pretty picture on it, whatever. Make but it the, the other thing they said was, it's not like you know. Ultimately, the concern is is that there's going to be loads of masts all over the English countryside. Yeah, and they pointed out, well, you know, let us go further up. And we'll need have less to, of them. Yeah. We'll have to build yeah. less, so we're yeah. not going to pepper the countryside with them. We're yeah. going to we're going to build less because they're going to be much more efficient. Yeah. And yeah. by the way, electricity pylons, so calm down because there's plenty of them everywhere. No, we but you can still have got over that, haven't we? You can still go. I think you can go up as high as I've seen mass uh, mobile masts have gone up as high as uh, electricity pylons. I, yeah, my point is the people talking about sure, the aesthetics. We already oh, right, have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our aesthetics interrupted yeah. by pylons and, and wind farms and all kinds of yeah. shit. It's a strange, it's a strange one, isn't it? Well, but talking about that, I think we're running out of time, so I'm going to move on to my just quick one to end on, and and all this talk about regulation and Ofcom and all that sort of thing plays into it. Because I wrote a little thing today. Ofcom's come out of the consultation. They charge um, UK mobile operators um, annual license fees for those those bits of spectrum that they gave them, rather than were one in auction. I don't, it's a bit before my time why they were at one stage giving them away and then they started auctioning them, but there we go. And this applies to 900 and 1800 megahertz. It's make some money. Well, quite. So 900 and 1800 megahertz was given away for whatever reason at some stage, uh, and they charged them an annual license fee per megahertz. Now, four years ago, they just went, right, we're charging. So, for example, in the EE, because this is what I was focusing on my write-up, EE, you're paying 25 mil a year. We want you to pay 100 mil a year. Yeah. It just went straight up four years ago, and he understandably went, hold on a minute. Um, and they went, all right, then, 75 million. Um, and he went, no, that's still three times more than we're paying, so we're going to take you to court. So they took him to court, and court went, yeah, that's bullshit. And that was at the uh, towards the end of last year. So now Ofcom's come back with new proposed levels, and you know, upon reading it initially and reminding myself of the context, I was thinking, okay, this will probably be somewhere in between, you know, let's say 50, somewhere in between. But no, they've come back with 82. <laughs> so they've lost an appeal at 75 million a year for EE. Everyone has Do you to think pay. I'm just picking, mad? Well, I don't know what it is. I'm, so I'm just picking EE as an example because that's those are the numbers yeah. I've got. From my, but so they've lost an appeal at a certain level, and so now they've come back and gone, how about more? Yeah. And yeah, it does seem slightly mad. Mm. Now I haven't actually chatted to Ofcom, but you know they've got this exhaustive document. I'm sure if we were chat to them, they'd explain why they think it's justified to come back. Some of it might be inflation, but I I don't see what what I don't get 
is how if they've lost an appeal in court, they've gone through due process. What makes them think the court are going to suddenly turn around and go, oh, all right then? Well, it's why, why they're allowed to do it as well, because surely if the courts come out with a decision that you can't charge this much, yeah. and then they try and increase it from what they've proposed, they're sort of ignoring the court's ruling. Well, I think it's got to go back to the court. I think built into them doing this is that they're basically going, all right, court, have another look. Right. I don't think EE, because it was EE that actually brought the court action against them, because they're the, they're the ones that are on the hook to the, for the most cash, because they got the most spectrum. Yeah. Um, I don't think E, from what I understand, who, by the way, I can confirm are immensely frustrated by this, was yeah. uh, was what I heard from insiders. Um, I think he's thinking that this is so clearly got to go to the courts that, that he doesn't even need to get his lawyers involved. So it's back in the courts at the moment. Well, I, I don't think it necessarily is, but I think it seems to be inevitable that it will be. Yeah. And is the situation similar for other UK operators as well? Yeah, so he, he, when it took the court case, he sort of did it on behalf of everyone. Yeah. It kind of took one for the team. Yeah. I don't know if they have a little wit round when they all get together <laughs> and, and you know, a little legal fund. Um, you just buy the drinks at the pub instead. Yeah, you? exactly. Look, we'll get a court case, but you get you get a round in and some crisps <laughs> and some pork scratchings and we'll call it quits. Um, so, uh, yes, and yeah, it's just baffling. You know, your question, it's just baffling that that Ofcom didn't try and meet him in the middle. Yeah. And it's come up with this, exo- you know, Ofcom documents are always so incredibly long yeah. with annexes and, and all sorts yeah, of things. Lots of numbers in them. Um, so it's justified it and it's looked at other countries and it's looked at, you know, pro rata, you know, if they'd won it in an auction, what they paid. And, and I'm sure all these things... So I, m- I remember looking at this a few years ago, actually, yeah. I think when it first surfaced and, and p- uh, operators were making a fuss then about increases to the fees. I think off- some of Ofcom's justification was that these... Bands that were originally awarded 900 and 1800, obviously given out at first yeah. when mobile phone services were first being rolled out. Yeah, all we ever used them for was ordinary phone calls. Right, and then with ref- the introduction of refarming and yeah, operators being allowed to use 1800 yeah. for for 4G and this sort of stuff, I think Ofcom was saying, well, the value of the spectrum is a lot higher. Right, you know, it's um, so that it's only fair that, well, that, that there's should. some validity. That's so, so we think, reserve the right to reassess their, their value. Yeah, I mean, looking at it the other way, you know, in my sort of quite sceptical, small government, less fair economics kind of just, way. Just it's just like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, it's just the state, the state, you know, you look at the tax we pay, you know, we pay income tax, we pay national insurance, we pay VAT on everything we buy. We ta- pay tax on buying and selling a house on, on various things. Yeah. The tax on inheritance. So there's all these little taxes. I think back in the sort of Tony Blair era, they used to call them stealth taxes, didn't they? They'd yeah. slip in a new one where you, yeah. you know, they even do ones where they claim it's good for your health. Now there's like sugar tax. Um, on a on a bottle of coke, yeah. and they claim it's for our own good, but it just so happens to bring them yet another revenue stream. So that's the. They're probably quite desperate because they're not making as much from selling Spectrum as they used to. Could be back in those days of the good old three G days when you used to be able to make twenty billion from an auction. No, indeed, that's, that's not going to happen. And they've again, probably so. they've probably started putting that into their forward planning. They're just banking yeah. on once every decade another twenty bill, yeah. but it's not turning it's out not that happened. way. Yeah. So um, yeah, so that was that one really, and yeah, there is that broader thing about whether or not people should have to pay for this so i think we've chatted about it before on the pod and you know ofcom does perform a necessary function we do need ofcom and that requires some money yep um but sometimes you wonder quite how much surplus they're getting from all this stuff yeah and how much it's just going into the general thinking if we don't get this much money we're gonna have to start making some headcount count reductions at ofcom well there is that there is that uh sharon white will start having to go to pret at lunchtime yeah, 
instead of uh, having a big three course dinner. Um, but uh, I just, I'm just really skeptical that the. I think we did a, like last time we chatted about this a back of a fag packet calculation. I'm just really skeptical that the amount of money they bring in is necessary for the running of Ofcom. So there is some yeah. profiteering. It's just that you're not allowed to call it profiteering because it's a public sector. Yeah. So um, yeah, that's that. I think we've pretty much sort of run our course on that um i'm going to leave early because i'm going to go up to you're rocking yeah i'm going up to download festival that's why i haven't got my guns and roses one on i'm saving that for tomorrow because Dan- guns and roses are headlining that's tomorrow washed impressed and in so your uh so think of me tomorrow moshing i will and uh yeah and all of you think of me too Although, of course, it won't be tomorrow, will it, Pierre? It'll be the day before yesterday by the time this goes out. Anyway, thanks a lot for listening. Make sure you join us for the next one.